0: A second episode, who could have guessed? Yet here we are, welcome to the second ever episode of The Swedish Winger. Still not entirely comfortable recording my own voice, but but hey, no one remembers a coward, right? So I think I'm going to start with uh, congratulating uh, Danny de Kaiser on his birthday, and uh, my condolences on getting waved, I guess the Kaiser, I think um, well, he's been a good soldier for the Red Wings much like Jonathan Erickson um, at times very frustrating to watch especially after these back surgeries that has hampered him a lot and he's basically not really an NHL defender anymore but he's had a good run after all, he's played like 500 plus games for Detroit in the NHL, that's not Bad, and I guess he'll play a, a couple more in the Edmonton Oilers shortly. I did ask for questions on Twitter just prior to recording this episode, and I got one from uh, Don Volman, who asked me uh, my top 10 Swedish prospects for the draft, and uh, I might even get it to 10, but I'll talk about a few of them that I'm Quite intrigued by. My first Swede on my list would be uh, Jonathan Lekkerimaki, a name that Ryan Hanna of the Winged Wheel podcast loves to try to pronounce. Uh, he's not ever been close, but kudos for trying. He's a right winger that um, plays with a lot of uh, tenacity. He can both score and dish. He's. Um, I wouldn't say a jack-of-all-trades master of none, but he's definitely a jack-of-all-trades. I don't think he has any glaring weakness. Um, Maybe he needs to get a bit stronger, but, I mean, these guys are 17 years old. They will get stronger. They kind of have to. And Jonathan Lekkerimäki of Eurogarden, like we say in Sweden, is part of a trio that is one of the absolute best formations in youth hockey in the world i would say Uh, so in this draft all three of them are available and jonathan leckremacki is the right winger of that formation noah östlund who i have ranked second is the center of that formation he is definitely more of a, a passer than a finisher but he has great hockey iq or awareness if you will and that's really something that shows when he's playing in the J20s that he's quite far ahead of his peers and um, he has had a cup of coffee in the SHL I think but he hasn't produced much there but he will Uh, I'm quite sure he will become a star in the SHL and I wouldn't be very surprised if he makes it to the uh, NHL and become who becomes either a star but not a superstar I have this idea where you you really want to do these player comparisons I know some hate them some love them Uh, I'm kind of addicted to them and I was thinking like who would I compare New to and what I came up with is Joe Juno I have no idea where I brought that up from but somewhere in my head it was just Joe Juno. Joe Juno played with the Washington Capitals, I believe. I think he had a couple of games with Boston as well. I haven't looked looked up uh, Joe Juno for ages, but that's where I'm going with that. Lekkeri I would say, oh, I don't know. Why not Lucas Raymond, maybe? He's not exactly as good as Lucas Raymond, but he has that that um, no real weakness thing that Lucas Raymond also has, while the physic, physical game would be the weakness in both cases, I guess. But I, I think that in both uh, Jonathan Leckrimackis and Lucas Raymond's case, development will sort that out. The third player in that Djurgården uh, trio is uh, Liam Ögren. He's the left winger in that trio, and... Um, he is also like Jonathan Leckie, proficient in both scoring and um, dishing. Uh, he's the uh, the third best player in that trio, I would say, ranking Leckie, Ostlund, and then Ergen, in my mind. My fourth uh, player is someone that's a little bit off the board, I guess. Um, I've seen him play, and I I like what I see, so. Tim Almigrien, a center from uh, Örebro organization, is a guy I like. I think he has proper skills. In uh, 42 games in the A20 league, he has 19 goals and 21 assists for 40 points. He is quite tiny, though, at 178 centimeters and 69 kilos which makes him, well, it makes me doubt that he's going to be a center. But revisiting Jonathan Lekremacki for a short second here, he has seven goals and two assists for nine points in um, 25 games in the SHL. So that puts him above all the other guys, I think. Another Swedish guy I like is Matthias Havli, the defender in the Linköping organization you might recognize the last name Havelid from his father Niklas Havelid who played for my my favorite Swedish team that is AIK from Stockholm and um, he played for Anaheim and the Atlanta Thrashers, I think besides him I like Kalle Odelius another player from Gordon, Defender and Philip uh, Bystedt is a sender I like. Beside him, uh, Elias Salomonsson from Skellefteå. That's pretty much it. There's not many Swedes there I think, are like interesting beyond the first two or three rounds. But you have another player. Playing in Sweden, that's eligible for this draft, but he's not Swedish; he's Austrian. And I think that I would rank him uh, right now as second in this group of players I've mentioned behind Lekkerimäki, and that's Marco Kasper. He plays in the Rögle organization, where William Wallinder, William Wallinder, plays right now and uh, he's a centerman he has absolutely sublime puck skills and skating Uh, he's like poetry in motion to watch so that's a guy i think you should look out for if he's there when we pick well if we pick at sixth i'm not sure we should take him there but somewhere around 10 yeah sure if lekker and Slavkovski is gone by then, I think Marco Casper is a good pick. I wouldn't mind it at all. And that's pretty much as far as I'll go for making a list for this draft. I'll go deeper in it in a future episode, if there ever is one. Cameron Nagel asked me if I brought up uh, Albert-Hughansson in the last episode because he couldn't remember in those 20 minutes, and honestly, I don't either. So I'll share my views on, on Albert Johansson. Much like Simon Edvinson, he's a sublime skater. He's really, really good on a weird team. That has been uh, an issue for him this season, that all the that where he plays has been the the strangest team to follow this year because they had uh, mad hot streaks and the coldest streak ever which actually led to their general manager being fired and he was replaced with the former Toronto Maple Leaf and Färjestad captain Rickard also uh, who was also uh, a commentator for Viasat who carries the NHL games in Sweden. Uh, he was also on their podcast, so he has taken over. Uh, he kept the coach there for for a couple of months, and by the latest um, cold streak they had, they, fu- uh, Ricard Valin fired him. So they have a new coach now. Uh, Red Wing fan um, and uh, Jacob Delarose uh, aficionada, uh, Cara. ...as Ryan Hanna pronounces it... ...man of many words and weird name pronunciations... Kara ...wants me to talk about Färjestad... ...and nothing else. Färjestad... ...weird team from a weird city... ...with an horrible dialect... ...it's like one of the worst Swedish dialects... ...on uh, the planet... ...which... ...well... ...at least in Sweden... ...which would be pretty much the same... ...I guess... ...it was actually one of my favorite teams... ...growing up... ...I'm an AIK... Fan first and foremost, but I did like Todd because one of my favorite players played there. Uh, his name is Hawkan Lube. He's the um, former Calgary Flames player. He made a career short a short career in the NHL, but he made a name of it himself. He scored 50 goals for Calgary Flames. He won the Stanley Cup and then he went home, and he's pretty much Swedish hockey royalty. Albert Johansson is the son of uh, Färjestad legend, def- legendary defenseman as well, Roger Johansson. And if you look at, at Albert Johansson's skill, he's pretty much a mix between William Valinder and um, Simon Edvinson. I'd say. He has this beautiful skating stride he skates like the wind can turn and he can walk the line very nicely he has a good shot he has great passing he joins the rush from time to time and he does it well i think we should see him in the nhl next year but i think he might start in grand rapids and work himself into the team. And looking at his um, skill set and position, I think he should be able to make the team, unless um, Stevie adds something better than Ole Olevi, as we say in Sweden, Ole We'll see. I think we have um, something decent going with the Swedish defenders we've drafted. William Wollinder would be the one I'm most worried about if you look at Simon Edwinsson, Albert Johansson and William Wollinder. But I think he's coming along nicely as well. I would think he needs one more year in the SHL before even thinking about going over. That's pretty much all I have for Fatty as Todd, Kara. So you'll have to live with it. And then Kyle asked me if I'm at all concerned with Blashill and his ability to develop players. Uh, Yes. If you split that into two questions, am I concerned with Blashill? Yes. Am I concerned with him developing players? Yes. Blashill has been the coach now, well the head coach now, since season 15-16. He joined earlier as an assistant and then he ran the Grand Rapids and Yes there's an argument to be made that he never had he has never had a really good team to play with. Ken Holland kept giving him, giving him broken toys. And um, I can see that argument in a way. But at the same time there's not a coach I've followed in hockey. That has frustrated me as much as he does. All the weird line matching and the uh, blending he does. And I know blending the lines is doesn't really have that effect and it's not that important. But also if you never let guys build chemistry. And this is probably the first season he has let guys build some kind of chemistry over time that I've... Like, recognize that that's what he's doing with the Larkin Raymond combo, and then usually and hopefully more often, often Tyler Bertuzzi as the left winger there. But watching um, Detroit Red Wings play, I struggle to see Jeff Blashill's strategies beside dump and chase and drop pass galore. He has this. Um, idea of hockey that I don't like. I'm a fan of Liverpool Football Club. We had this um, coach before that's called uh, Rafael Benitez, a Spaniard. And while we won the Champions League in '05, after this miracle come-from-behind victory versus, a- versus AC Milan, his tenure as a coach for Liverpool was not something I enjoyed because he played this murderously defensive style of football it made me uh, angry to watch it's destructive it was a destructive ty- type of game where you constantly had these players like um, whose only job on the field was to disrupt and destroy the opponents game and they have they had nothing to build, like, their own game. And I feel, in a way, that that's Blaschel's strategy as well. He plays a destructive and not particularly entertaining style of hockey. That's his philosophy, and I I don't subscribe to that. And I know, I mean, winning is everything. Well, he hasn't won either, so that's not an argument. But then again, we're back to Ken Holland giving him broken toys. But he doesn't have... A positive hockey bone in his bod- body it's like dump and chase boring chase the puck hockey there's no passing there's no speed and that's why we're stagnating and that's why everything looks to go so slow if it's not Dylan Larkin or or Raymond doing it for the forwards or uh, Moritz Seider as the defender and it really grinds my gear because I think If you go to, like, why I don't want Blashill, it it locks in with the um, development part. If you want to get guys to really love the game, to play the game and enjoy playing the matches, I think you you need to let the guys have more freedom within the system than it looks like they're having. And it really looks like they're not having a good time way too often when, when they play. And I acknowledge that they haven't, they they did they don't have the best squad. I I acknowledge that, but dump and chase every single game for forever. That has to be soul crushing as a a creative player that Larkin and Raymond is. They have their bread and butter, and smashing them in smashing in the puck from the blue line and letting someone chase it must be like horrible for them. Well, it's horrible to watch anyway. And that's basically all I have to say about his tactics or philosophy because it's so hard to grasp what he really wants. What does a Hill team want besides to frustrate and bore the ever-living hell out of those they are playing? And by doing that, boring the ever-living shit out of me in the middle of the night in Sweden? And that's why I've been pushing for uh, us having a Swedish coach, which is naturally easy to to discount as nationality bias from me as a Swede to promote uh, Rikard Grönborg as the, the uh, potential coach of the Detroit Red Wings. And um, he has a more positive outlook on the game. If you've listened to the two times he's been on the Winged Wheel podcast, if you haven't, I urge you to go back and listen. He genuinely sounds like he has more freedom within his system that he has an idea that is more positive hockey and less dump and chase and uh, if you haven't seen the clip of him getting furious at the opposing team coaches pretty much uh, challenging challenging them to a fight um, you really should look up that clip because it's worth your time because as a fan, same thing with Rafa Benitez and Jeff Blashill, Rickard Grönborg and Jürgen Klopp, that's the coach of Liverpool today. They stand for a, a more of an offensive and entertaining brand of the game. And I know like former defensemen might enjoy the boring hockey New Jersey Devils kind of bore everyone to, to death. But I want to be entertained as well as I want to win. And yes, that might sound a bit uh, silly, but well then, I'm silly. As for the development part, the players that Blasiel have had uh, to develop, I think most of them were so talented that they would have succeeded anyway. Uh, Which might be a very unfair statement to Blasiel and his... um, uh, developing of younger players but he's also chucked a fair few into the freezer hasn't he? I mean uh, Athanasio, Mantha and a couple of others, Chalowski. but he's proven himself not to be an NHLer but that's probably because of uh, some of the stuff that happened during his time with the Red Wings and if you look at Detroit's relative success this season I find that If you add one of the absolute best rookie forwards in the world and probably the best rookie defenseman in the world into a starved team, they will improve. And I don't think that Blasiel can take credit for the the success of Raymond and Sider to that extent that it makes him a great player-developer. I think also that he might just, I don't know, have orders from above that he's taught to um, Shalovsky, Anast- Anast- you, Mantha, these two guys because they are way too valuable. And I think that's why you haven't seen Lucas Raymond sit even though he had has had quite uh, quiet games and maybe should have had a rest at some point. But, all in all, they've been so impressive, so, yeah. And I think that's a big reason to why why Detroit is so much better. And um, I struggle to see Blackshell's impact in our improvement. Because as soon as we run into trouble, we're still dumping and chasing. And if the first line doesn't produce... The fire of the Guelph line has uh, kind of faded and we're stuck with the one line to produce and three lines that uh, at best tries to keep it even but fail at it. So, yeah, it's kind of a miserable thing to watch, isn't it? The hard part there, I guess, in a way is that Blashell seems like a genuine, genuinely nice guy. Uh, very sympathetic, like um, a, a good guy. But, well, I don't think good guy is enough to make a successful team. And I don't really think he's the guy for the future. But, um, I do trust Steve Eisenman's judgment... But I don't have to agree with it. That's where I'm going with Blashill. I want him gone. And I want Rickard Grönborg instead. Simply because I don't like his hockey philosophy. And I don't really see what besides coaching he should have been good at. Because development is not it. And God knows his coaching is strange at best. So that's pretty much what I have for this episode. Um, if you manage to listen to them both, I applaud you. The uh, inane meanderings of a of a madman. So that's me signing out from uh, Skärplinge in Uppsala land outside Tierp in Sverige. Good night, America, wherever you are.